It's a great way to start the show. No doubt. There might not be a better way to start the show, except for the fact that I just got back from a five and six year old baseball game. Yeah. First inning went poorly. Second inning, they kind of started listening, paying attention a little bit. We had a first baseman. My son's playing first base right now. He caught a few balls. I've found out that's the key to five Mm -hmm. and six year old baseball. If you have somebody on first base that can catch it, you're going to be in most every game, right? You're probably going to beat the weaker team. So yeah, we had a couple innings. So we had a double, we turned a double play tonight. Our little pitcher bounced off the mound. His name's Nike. (laughs) So completely the reason that I drafted him. I didn't know any of these kids drafted a kid because his name was Nike and he's awesome. (laughs) He comes off the field beating this chest, man. Um, But anyway, look, Hey, uh, and, and, and Apilo just got back from, you just got back from the masters. We're going to talk about that. Something too. Yeah. look, we have a, a, a very special guest that has taken the time to, to get on here with us. Um, he's in another friggin' time zone. So he's, he's given us this, this time. So I'll tell you what, man, let's get to the show. Welcome to, to the top talk. Greetings and salutations, everyone, and welcome to another episode of To The Top Talk by our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill um, from beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Here, as always, with your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk a little Southern Miss athletics. I am your host, Jason Bailey. Joining me now, the one and only Patrick Lowry. Yo, glad to be back. You know, it's funny. uh, Harper told me, my seven-year-old told me, Dad, they're going to fire you from To The Top Talk because you're not ever there anymore. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, I missed two episodes. I mean, it's the Masters. Like, you know, I did help you edit, though. I don't know if you slid that in there. An awful long time. I sat here and talked to myself for 46 minutes. Just know that I got up at 3.30 to drive to Augusta. And I was editing the podcast at midnight the night before. So I had three hours of sleep and I was helping you remotely. So I get a little bit of credit. You get a lot of credit. You get a lot, <laughs> lot of credit. Yeah. Uh, so don't forget today's um, episode is brought to you by Four Street Bar and Grill. Always the place to be pre and post game for every USM sporting event. They've got all the games on. If you can't make it to the game, $9.95 plate lunches Monday through Friday, home style plate lunches. When you go by there, tag us on social and we will get you a shout out. What happened since the last time we recorded? Well, Pilo went to the Masters. I'm sure we're going to hear a ton about that, which is, which is a good thing. He actually even predicted the winner way back in the day. Save that, everybody. <laughs> um, Coach Barry uh, won number 500 as the Golden Eagle skipper. Outstanding. Softball, yeah, softball finally back. At, finally got back in the win column. Baseball played another Sun Belt Series and, and won another Sun Belt Series, this time against the first-place team in the conference. But – uh, we've set th- we've had this guy sitting in the background for like however long it's been so far. So let's go ahead and get to our very special guest today. Um, graduated from Benedictine High School in Savannah, Georgia. Um, he had a storied high school career playing multiple sports, Mr. Everything in high school, it seems. Uh, outstanding baseball player, of course, uh, but also uh, awesome at football, played quarterback, threw for over 6,500 yards and 60 TDs, and then played baseball when he got here. Seems wow. like we could have used them on the football field. Yeah. Um, came to Southern Miss in 2016, graduated in 2019, and, and really became a fan favorite, I thought, for not only his pitching ability, but for just how he played the game and, and conducted himself on and off the field. 
Led the team in appearances his sophomore season with 30, mostly out of the bullpen, then transitioned to a starter his junior and senior year, making 14 and 15 starts respectively. First career, he had a 4.28 ERA, 14 and 7 overall record, 35 total starts, 197.2 innings, 166 Ks to just 65 walks. Welcome to the show, Stevie Powers. What up? Yeah, yeah. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. That was a very warm intro. I appreciate that. <laughs> I hope that I got most of that right. Hey, we do our research. It's very hey, possible. And by we, I mean Jason. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it sounded correct. We'll go with it. So, so what's going on, man? I know we talked a little bit before the show, but you're 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 back in Savannah now. You grew up in Savannah. Um, how's how's life? It's great. Got a family of my own now, so married with a one-year-old. Uh, I know we were, we were just talking about the sleep schedules and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it's great. I uh, couldn't be happier. I do miss. Uh, I do miss Central Time. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the Super Bowl. The, like just recently, we had the the men's coll- collegiate you know basketball championship and. Everything comes on so late in the East Coast, you know, so. Yeah, I went to school with a lot of guys that moved to the East Coast, and they all said the same thing. It's like the worst. Yeah, it's terrible. It's crazy. It's terrible. So, uh, baby's growing like a weed, so couldn't be happier. Okay, so what exactly got you to Southern Miss? I like asking this question to a lot of our guys. Um, I'm just guessing you didn't grow up a Golden Eagle fan uh, over in Savannah, Georgia. So, uh, how, how did that go down? Yeah, so I uh, was undersized, to be honest with you, in high school. And, you know, to be completely honest, my first uh, heart and soul was football. It's kind of what I wanted to do, um, being left-handed uh, and undersized in terms of football. So when it came to the recruiting side of things, uh, I turned to baseball uh, and really just never looked back and just kind of uh, let everything take care of itself from that standpoint. There were times throughout my high school career that I felt like I needed to, you know, have a little bit more um, offers and stuff like that than I did. Um, But it kind of just at some point just quit being pushy and let everything happen. And uh, Coach Kai actually saw me uh, pitch in Atlanta. Um, I want to say it was 2014, my junior year. And um, yeah, I didn't know anything about Southern Miss, to be honest with you. And then uh, as soon as I came over there, I actually took a visit, um, like on the way to Southern Miss. We stopped in Mobile, and I I took a visit at South Alabama. Oh, uh, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> and then went over to. Uh, it was actually an unofficial visit there, like a Thursday night. Uh, literally just stopped in met the coaches. Um, they offered me that night, and then the next morning, I I was in Hattiesburg uh, for my official visit, and there was. I committed the moment I got home back to Savannah. I committed that week. Um, I love Hattiesburg, the people, um, just the fan base there. Uh, obviously, the you know the, the baseball support uh, is second to none. So um, yeah, I just fell in love with it. It was it was a pretty much a no brainer for me once I stepped on campus. Speaking of campus, uh, first experience when you got on campus, I guess as a student, what was that? Wow, that brings that is a good question. Um, <laughs> as a student, uh, I think so. Where I went to high school, it's an all boys Catholic military school. So, 
most people are like, well, what in the world did you do wrong that your parents sent you there, right? <laughs> um, but it, in Savannah, it's it's just a tradition thing. My father went there and graduated in 1987, and Savannah is a small Irish Catholic town, so the school is backed by a ton of alumni. Uh, like we, you know, there's 400 kids there when I was 400 guys there when I was in high school, and there were our, our football games. I think one of them we had 10,000 people at a home football game. Wow, so very well supported for a, you know, a very small school. Um, but going to school with all boys, you get real comfortable with that quickly. So I remember the first day of class, one, not having to wear a military uniform, but two, having females. Uh, females. In class. That was, um, <laughs> what a concept. That was uncomfortable, you know, in your first freshman class, everyone's like has to get up, introduce themselves. And yeah, so definitely uncomfortable <laughs> feeling, but um, I got over it quickly, I guess. So uh, obviously when you were here, we were uh, still in Conference USA. So what, talk a little bit about that, kind of all the the travel, the craziness of that conference and, and stuff like that. Yeah, we were just kind of talking about the airport situation. Uh, you know, a lot of times being minus, if we flew out of Gulfport, you know, just getting places was difficult, having to take connecting flights. And we flew, obviously flew commercial for the most part. I think we flew private. One time when we played in the Arkansas regional, uh, our junior year, we flew private there, but um, just getting to those places was difficult. Um, a lot of flights, a lot of long travel days in hours, um, but, you know, really good. I thought competition was second to none in terms of a mid-major conference. Um, you know, at that time, Rice, Florida, mm-hmm. Atlantic, sure. uh, Old Dominion, even uh, towards the end, just yep some really strong programs. I mean, we were having two to three teams year in and year out mm-hmm. represented in regionals. So, um, yeah, it, it was a great conference to be a part of. Uh, two of my best friends are, are Matt Walner and Nick Sandlin, two people I know you guys are very, quite mm-hmm. familiar with. Is Golden yep. Eagle fans. Um, and, you know, those are guys that are still playing today in the big leagues with um, guys that we competed with in Conference USA. So right. uh, really cool to see, fun to follow, uh, super thankful to be a part of it. But I think it's it's a it's a fun thing right now, what uh, Southern Miss has going on in the Sun Belt as well. Hey, let me ask you, piggybacking off of that uh, Conference USA question and having to travel and all that, uh, and obviously you, you weren't a part of the Sun Belt, but what do you think about this move to the Sun Belt? I mean, for the, I just I think I can speak for most of the fan base. We love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of got tired of playing all those teams anyway. Maybe back in the day, those teams that you're referring to with Conference USA, that was fine. Still had to travel a long right. way, but at least there were the perennial powers like Rice. And then it just got to where we were over it. Now we can drive. There's like nine teams within four hours of Hattiesburg. Um, what just what are your thoughts on on moving to the Sun Belt? Well, I think when you look at it holistically from the athletic department, it's a it's an incredible move. For our football program, um, you know, going from Conference USA, uh, you know, back then, I guess Marshall was maybe UTSA. It was probably the only two teams that were relatively competitive in terms of a mid-major market. Now, in the Sun Belt, uh, we've got, you know, we had a, a great year. Mm-hmm. Coach Hall's got some great things going on there. It's exciting to be a part of Georgia Southern, um, which is in my backyard here in Savannah. Um, has, you know, great athletic program, obviously, App State, um, Louisiana Lafayette, those, those schools that are close. So I think it, 
from that holistically in terms of the entire athletic department, I think it's a great move. I think it uh, enhances uh, the, uh, the competition um, and it's made us step our game up. You know, our football mm-hmm. program had a heck of a year. Our basketball program, I mean, literally one so of the fun. best turnarounds in Division One basketball history. Um, so that's just incredible to see. And, and it just makes so much it makes the excitement year round and not just in the spring when baseball rolls around. Right. And you can feel that you can feel that on your social media platforms. You can feel that when you're in Hattiesburg, um, you can feel that excitement. Cause I was there when my freshman year, I mean, Nick Mullins, Ido Smith, Jalen Richard, mm-hmm. you, yep. you know, coach Munkin. I mean, we were really, really good, you know, yeah. and it was really fun to be a part of. Um, but I was also there when, you know, we had some down years. So, to have that excitement be just year round, you know, the next sport rolling in, Hey, we don't have to worry about not being good. We're back, you know, um, we're playing good, good ball all the way around every sport, every season. Uh, I think that's, that's fun. So uh, the Sunbelt move has just been great for us. I, I, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. just all the way around. So thinking about uh, those teams that you went to travel, where, were, where was your favorite place to go on the road? And what was the kind of base, the place you kind of hated to go? Um, hated to go to Marshall. I think anybody would, uh, would say yeah. that to Marshall. Uh, I don't, I think they're building one, but they didn't have a home baseball field. It was like their practice field, I guess. Um, so we played in, the first time we played there, my freshman year, we played in Charleston, which is there, you know, down, like we flew in there, played there, they have in power park, their um, uh, minor league team plays there. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't too bad. But the second time we played in Beckley, West Virginia, and that was miserable. It was like a YMCA field. Nobody was there. Like literally, a, I don't even know if they had video feed for like our fans and stuff, but it was literally like a, a center block wall around home plate i mean it was brutal <laughs> um the best place was i really enjoyed uh old dominion going to norfolk it's just really nice up there um it, you know their campus and their stadium and all that they didn't have like a big fan base or anything but it was really just like the city itself was really mm-hmm. cool um you know my family was able to come up it being on the east coast in virginia is still pretty far but not i don't think it's really even as far as hattiesburg but um, they came up and we were just able to enjoy, um, all of my roommates. So, uh, Bryant Bowen, Nick Sandlin, Storm Cooper, and Walner, we all, uh, went out to dinner there with my family. So just one of those trips that, you know, you don't get to spend that, we don't get those every weekend. Um, but I really enjoyed Old Dominion. Hey, talk a little bit about, and the reason I bring this up is because right now we have, um, you know, it looks like Matt Adams went down and I don't know if he's, how long he's going to be out, but we've been talking, just, you know, friends of mine, what are we going to do? And um, since you've been a pitcher that comes out of the bullpen and you've been a pitcher that started, um, can you talk a little bit about like, maybe what's the preparation? Like can, can all, I don't think all pitchers can do this. I think some guys just have a knack of getting ready really quick. Some guys need that long warm up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope this is making sense, but since you have this unique perspective of actually doing it, talk about what the difference is there and, and how you approached uh, each of those situations. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a mentality. Some people can do it and some can't, you know, uh, 
Coach Oz and Coach Barry Keller, all those guys, when they bring guys in, I mean, they know, okay, listen, this this guy's going to be a bullpen arm, right? I mean, it's obvious uh, based off of stuff. Maybe he's a two-pitch guy, whatever it is, um, but th- he's going to be a bullpen guy. And then there's those guys that, you know, especially early on, like a guy like me, multiple pitch mix, um, can throw a lot of pitches for strikes, but they're young. You want to kind of get them in the fire early in the bullpen and then mold them over. Um, and then you just have your, your true starter guys. I mean, Walker Powell probably came out of the bullpen when I was there like maybe three times. Yeah. You know, he was just always, you know, I always say if you had Tommy John and all that stuff, but he was just always molded to be a starter. Um, and so there's a different mix of guys that you kind of identify um, and everybody plays a role and identifies their role uh, early on, typically in the fall and then they kind of work into the spring. But when guys go down, I mean, you got to have depth to be able to come in behind them. And, uh, you know, we have a young pitching staff, um, you know, and some, some very, a lot of new faces, definitely newer on the pitching side than we are in, in, on the position player side. So um, it's an opportunity now for some guys to step up, uh, you know, and the, unfortunately we've been kind of thrown in that all year um not necessarily with injuries but trying to figure out what are the pieces to the puzzle here for us um and there's been some ups and downs but yeah I think it's uh, it's definitely a mentality thing um you know not everybody can do it but I know coach Oz is a, he's a heck of a wizard with the pitch and stuff so he'll sure. figure it out somebody will get in there that'll get the job done right yeah, we remember kind of, uh, you know, kind of you grinding it out your senior year, fighting through a little bit of pain. You talk about that drive that you had kind of like as a player, what kept you going out there when maybe, you know, maybe you didn't have your best stuff one night or, or, or you know, you're kind of battling a little bit. Kind of talk about that drive and kind of where that came from. Yeah, um, well, my last year, my senior year, we had uh, I had tore my labrum in my left shoulder at Louisiana Tech. Um, it was in the middle of the game, throwing pretty well. My velo was up, oddly enough, as, as every, if you guys know me as a pitcher, I did not throw hard. Um, but it was up to like 92 that day, and um, which is definitely abnormal for me. Um, and so when it kind of just popped, I knew if something was wrong, came out, mm. sat two weeks. And I was in that print period where I'd already played too much to get like a medical red shirt, really, they would never have granted it to me mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of the conference season. So we had already gone through, made too many starts, whatever. It's like, well, I mean, I don't have any other options. I'm not just going to hang it up now the last year. Um, so I went with the quarter zone and got like two or three quarter zone shots that ended up finishing the year. And yeah, it hurt, but it was the last year. Um, yeah, I just wanted to pour everything I had into it. And actually Keller Bradford's dad, Chad, Mm-hmm. Um, he had came and sat with us one day and talked about pitching and, you know, his thing. And he, he divided pitching up into, um, like three different layers, like 33% of the time you're really good. Um, and you have all your best stuff and you can get the best hitters in the world out and 33% of the time you're average, you know, you don't, you feel okay. You're not great. You maybe have one or two pitches you can throw for a strike, but the other ones are just not there. And then the other 33% of the time, you're just horrible. Can't find the zone. Nothing's there. You just get shelled, whatever it may be. And the great pitchers, they find a way to be good 66% of the time. You know, nobody's going to have those, that 33% of the time where they're not good and they can't, you know, get outs or whatever the case may be. And everybody's going to have those times where they're great. But if you can find that place in the middle where even when you don't have your best stuff and you can get people out with just one or two pitches, 
those are the good, those are the normally the good ones. So I, I just stuck with that mentality, tried to push yeah. through it, and just get out one, but just took it one at a time. Kind of makes me think about my golf game a little bit. I was just going to say, it sounds like you're <laughs> on the golf course. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of uh, correlation there, no matter what people tell you. Yeah. Brian does um, swear by that too. I'm just going to start saying, man, I'm in my bad 33%. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. That's all fine. I need. That's a new t-shirt. We're getting a 33%. <laughs> this is all I was going to say. 33%. Perfect. Um, hey, what was, uh, what, what was the best game you ever had? Florida International. It was Friday night when Nick Stanley was hurt my junior year, and we were down in Miami. Um, I think I threw 130 pitches, 129. Uh, complete game shutout, but it was one of those games where we knew Nick was hurt. He wasn't going to pitch. Um, Nick was Nick. When he did pitch, we had a really good chance at winning. Um, but it was one of those things we were just talking about, you know, it, when your starter's out, um, you don't have guys that are in the normal weekend rotation. You're going to look for a guy in the bullpen to step into that starting spot, which means then your bullpen is going to be even thinner, mm-hmm. right? Especially on the road when you have only a certain amount of guys you're traveling with and whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just, I had that mentality going in. Like I've got to, no matter what happens, I've got to get through like seven or eight innings um, to, to give us a chance this weekend against a scrappy team. Um, and, you know, fortunately for, for me that night, I was in the, the positive 33%. Um, <laughs> so everything seemed to be working. The pitch count got up pretty quickly, but that was a scrappy group. So, uh, yeah, that was it, man. That was a complete game shutout that night. We won, obviously, and um, ended up winning the series, which was good uh, for us at any time. And Nick made the trip down there that weekend. He didn't have to, but he did. Uh, we roomed together our junior pretty much every year, but I, I think our sophomore year we did in a couple of weekends, but our junior year we roomed together every night on the road. So he didn't want to mix, you know, change that up just because he was yeah. hurt. So he still made the trip. So it was um, everything just was working that night and it just, it, all the pieces fell into place. Awesome. Who was the uh, thing about the best, the best hitter you ever faced? Somebody um, come to mind. I mean, you know, I always tell people that some of the hardest hitters that I ever faced were our own guys uh, an inner squad yeah uh, i mean like obviously you know being a lefty you know you want to get left on left matchups but this is super cliche because he's a big leaguer now but walner was always hard to get out um dylan Bordeaux, the year he led the country in hits was like Mm. i mean pretty much impossible to get out um i think i i think one inner squad i got him on a change up on like a three two count after he had, he'd probably been like one, I think I walked in one time, just pitched around him. And then like the first at bat, he was a leadoff hitter that year for us. And first at bat of the inner squad, he like doubled off the wall. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I remember just like talking so much trash that one inner squad and I struck him out on a change up. He had like already <laughs> been on base twice, but um, man, another hitter that just, I don't know. That's a good question, but I, I definitely would put our offense when, when I was there, um, we were very fortunate. I mean, I would have put our offense up against pretty much anybody's in the country. Um, so, you know, and it, it's good for a guy, you know, that that has a, a higher ERA like me. You know, you got to have support. So, uh, yeah, it was good. But, yeah, those our hitters, man, they were hard to get out, especially when you – year three, when you faced them two, three years now. It's really difficult. Yeah. So – and you mentioned that, that- – Nick made the trip when he didn't even have to um, because he didn't want to break 
that, that which is you know kind of a superstition. Superstitions are big in baseball. Uh, did you have any game day superstitions that 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 you that you went through that came and went, or maybe that you did every time you got out there? Uh, yes, when we were at home, I was going to Topher's, no doubt, <laughs> and I was getting a working Breakfast? man. Oh, oh man, I was getting a working man. I was thinking my up. language. Oh, I, know, dude, I was loading up, and it's then so I, good. Toaster or biscuit? Biscuit? Uh, I would get a biscuit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So I would get it on a biscuit, and uh, that was just the one thing that I got it on, and never went back. You know, yeah. Never tried the other thing. Um, but yeah, I would typically get there because uh, it's the starting pitcher. You can kind of get there a little bit later uh, than everybody else while they're going through their pregame. Uh, getting the field ready and hitting BP and all that, you know, we're not really required to be out there, but I always enjoyed going out. I would get there. And when we hit BP, I would go shag. Uh, even if I was starting, I just enjoyed being out there with the guys. I felt like it. I didn't want to be that prima Donna guy that sat in the locker room and, you know, had warm blankets all over him or whatever. Some guys did, I, you know, I wanted to get out there and run around, get loose. Um, that was my way. I, did, I could never think too much into it, man. I, I just never did. Um, so it was, that was my way of just kind of letting loose a little bit, get my mind off of what we were doing. And then, you know, within the hour of the game, I would start starting with my stretches, you know, move over into the pie balls and all that kind of stuff and then into my routine. But yeah, I like to keep it loose, cut up. I never, most of the time the starting pitchers got to control the music in the locker room. I never did it. You know, let, let it fly with whatever they wanted to listen to. So uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely the, the Topher's thing was like, that was a serious, that was probably the biggest ritual. When we were on the road, I was like, I don't know what, I'm not eating this like Hampton in breakfast, you know, I have to find something somewhere around here. Right. Um, and, and we, you know, we mentioned quarterback uh, and football in the open there, but I don't want to just, just gloss over that real quick. I mean, you're the man in high school, right? I mean, did you ever think about like making that phone call over? Uh, I, I know, did. We're, I know I did. we're doing okay at football at the time, but did, you know, you, you had to, it had to at least cross your mind. I did. Uh, I did a little bit. Uh, so actually I was, I got a couple of hours to play both uh, a couple of small, like Presbyterian, which is small uh, division one school at the time. I don't know what it is now, um, but in uh, Clinton, South Carolina, uh, there's a couple of schools that I had. Georgia Southern was another one um, where I had, you know, walk on here, you get some scholarship money from baseball, whatever. Um, but none of them just seemed to be the right fit. And it was something I really wanted to do at that time. Like not many people had done it. And some people that did done it or did try it, they mm -hmm. had gone, you know, to do both. And then they were like, okay, I'm pretty good at this sport. Like Jameis Winston, I'm pretty good at football. I'm just going to stick to that. Yeah. Um, even though he threw like 98 from the right side, Florida State. Um, but yeah, it was something I did think about and I actually talked to coach Kai about it, uh, throughout my recruitment. Um, but when I got there, I'm glad I didn't. I mean, Nick Mullins is uh, actually a, a good friend of mine now. Uh, so just oh, watching cool. his career and develop, um, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to take the spotlight from him at Southern. <laughs> so but, uh, 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 love it. I don't I, listen. I am completely kidding. That uh, that would be a very large spotlight to take. I'm pretty sure that guy owns every single record that school has to offer in terms of uh, passing and all that other stuff. But yeah, definitely something I looked at. Um, just didn't play out. Like I said, I was undersized then, and I think it would have developed into something that would have been interesting. Uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, down the road, especially when Nick left and we kind of ran into those years where we didn't have like a true quarterback and mm-hmm. uh, our guy got hurt and there's, you know, a bunch of things ended up happening. But at that time, it really like, man, I should have done it. But right. <laughs> baseball, is, it's demanding already as it is and doing both would have been a lot. So sure. And something else we mentioned in the open, you know, we talked about Coach Barry getting his 500th win. Mm-hmm. You know, talk a little bit about Coach Barry, your experience with him, the coaching staff, and kind of how that impacted you as a player and, and as a person. Yeah, uh, well, definitely one of the reasons people always say, uh, you know, one of the, the golden rules, if you will, in, in re- getting recruited is don't commit to a coaching staff. You know, in this day and age, they can go anywhere. You know, people jump ship all the time. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for me, uh, we really only had one change in our coaching staff, and that was with Coach Fed leaving to go to ULM and Coach Oz coming in um, right before my junior year. So um, I was fortunate there. I was recruited by Coach Kai, so he was there the whole time, obviously hitting coach. But uh, when I first met Coach Barry, uh, one thing I noticed about him was just uh, his presence. Uh, you know, he, he shook my hand and looked me in the eye and just, you know, never let that eyesight leave, which is a little bit intimidating for most people. But for me, coming from a, you know, a military high school background type of thing, I respected that because, you know, I, I was used to things like that. And a lot of people in today's world don't do that. Um, and so I, I believe, you know, from right then and there, I knew he was a leader. I knew he was a man that I wanted to play for. Um, and just, you know, all the guys that, that played for him, they had so much respect for him. They, uh, you know, they just – talked so much about who he was more so as a person rather than a coach. Um, and, you know, still to this day, I call coach Barry birthdays his 500 plan. Obviously we actually just talked on the phone last Friday night um, for a little bit. So I get to talk to him a lot, but he definitely made me, uh, you know, molded me into be a good player, uh, but more importantly, you know, being a father and a husband and my time is now that my time's over, uh, you know, I get to, to be a good man now, thankfully, uh, I get to look up to people like him. Sure thing. That's, that's, that's great. Thanks for sharing. Um, on the lighter side and it, well, it may, may, maybe the lighter side, what is a, a mound trip like from Oz? It depends on the situation, truly. <laughs> um, it, you know, if you've been cruising and, you know, you, you give up a couple dink hits or whatever, then it's pretty calm, collective. Hey, man, especially if we got some runs on the board, you know, offensively, pretty calm, collective. Now, if you're like brought in first and second, one out, and, you know, there's a pitch and change coming or something like that, and you walk a guy, he's going to he's gonna light a fire into someone. It may yeah. not be you, but it'll be the next guy that comes in, so – uh coach Oz does a really good job he is like super under control in so many stressful situations you know um he just know he always tells me he's told me since my junior year when I first met him all the way to today I'm just trying to put the the pieces of the puzzle together that's his go-to phrase I'm just trying to piece the puzzle together and um what he means by that is just he's just trying you know every game obviously you think of the long of season right ideally we would have four or five starters, your weekend rotation, your midweek guys who would then rotate back into, you know, be your long stretch bullpen dudes towards the end of the season. And obviously that's ideal. People get hurt. Weekend guys struggle in that role, maybe need to go to the bullpen to find their identity or whatever. And so Coach Oz knows that. He just does such an amazing job 
throughout the game, throughout the season, starting in the fall, really just piecing the puzzle together to put everybody that he brings in in the best uh, place for them to be successful, which then ultimately is, you know, the best place for us to win the game. Uh, and we've won – we've had a lot of, of – I don't even know how many now, but I know in the past since I was a freshman there until now, we've had a lot of 40-win seasons. So they've done a pretty a pretty good job at, at piecing those things together. A lot of a lot of championship runs. Obviously, last year we were knocking on the door, man. So mm. cool to, to be in there. Um, but, you know, we were uh, – he just does an amazing job. He, he doesn't – He's the furthest thing from intimidating, whether he thinks he is or not. Um, but he's definitely, <laughs> he's a heck of a man. Um, he's like a, a second father to me, truly. Um, and he's somebody that I always relied on when I was there. And I know these guys do now. Sure thing. He's got that walk, man, that strut that, you know, out, out to the mound. And I can almost tell what kind of uh, message he's about to give the pitcher just by the kind of strut that he has walking out there. Like sometimes he takes three steps and we're all out there in the roost going, Oh dude, <laughs> yeah. this isn't good. <laughs> yeah, no, well he does the, he is like a huge component. So he works out like every day and he does the same workout. So he does the Stairmaster of all things. I don't know <laughs> how familiar, familiar you guys are with the Stairmaster, but that was like the one thing that he's, he's crazy. Like that was the one thing we did. If we were late to a workout, that was what our strength coach made us do was the Stairmaster as punishment. <laughs> Coach Oz does that like he does like 200 floors a day on the Stairmaster. It's like insane. Um, and we were actually called. We were talking on the phone Friday uh, after they played Old Dominion. And uh, I was down in Jacksonville, Florida. Bryant Bowen's a coach at Eastern Kentucky University now. And they were playing Jacksonville University, which is only about an hour and a half from my house. So I drove down to stay with him for the night, see him and catch up. And I was on the phone with uh coach Oz that night we were talking about the game and whatever and I said well how many Stairmaster flights you do today he said I did 200 and I said coach I got up this morning and went to the gym I did 40 and was about to pass out <laughs> there's something <laughs> wrong with you dude this man's 25 years older than me so he's definitely he's he is mentally uh one of the strongest people I know um and he is just a different breed man but one heck of a guy that's for sure how often uh, do you make it back to campus? I mean, when's the last time you've been? Have you have you seen the Eagles this year, or do you plan to come back? Or yeah, I'm not. So uh, this year has been uh, a busy one. Last year, um, we went back once, but my wife was pregnant, um, mm -hmm. and then our baby was born in March second of last year. So uh, mm -hmm. it was early. It was early, um, and then this year. We um, we have like five weddings. So I'm Nick. Uh, Nick gets married in January, uh, and Walner gets married in December. Both are in Mississippi. So one's in Gulfport, one's in Hattiesburg. So uh, we'll be uh, out in Scottsdale, I think, in November with uh, all of our uh, buddies that are in the wedding. So we'll be out there, and then we're going to Hattiesburg, basically for a month <laughs> for those two weddings. Oh, cool. uh, I think they're back to back, pretty close. So. Um, yeah, this season I got my uh, I got I got Coastal Carolina circled right now. Um, it's about three and a half hours from here, so um, I would love to get back. I don't think it, I'm going to be able to this year uh, just because of our son being young and mm -hmm. you know being such a long haul. But I do have yeah, Coastal Carolina circled. I think I can drive up to Conway and 
you know, stay a night or two and drive back and maybe slip under the radar with my wife. So <laughs> I'm, uh, that's, that's my goal. And then obviously, you know, all things go correct next year. Um, I think we should be coming to Georgia Southern, which would be, that's, that's 30 minutes down the road for me. So that's, Oh, cool. I'd be at every game there. So, and then we're going to, we'll be back next year for sure. So yeah, we, we awesome. try to come at least once a year, if not twice has been our, my, my wife's from Mobile. So her family's kind of spread out through Mobile and Hattiesburg. So we try to come back once or twice a year. It's kind of our goal. Uh, so next year will definitely be more of that twice, hopefully. Yeah. Good course. Well, man, we have kept you for a while. Uh, we have one little more. We, we have one other little segment uh, sure. that we're in. It's a, it's a rapid fire segment. We're just going to throw some crazy questions at you and then we'll get you out of here to, to tend to yeah. that one year old. Um, so I'm going to lead it off, Pilo. Um, we'll alternate. Yeah. So uh, best ballpark food. Nachos. Agreed. Uh, favorite major league baseball team. Braves. Uh, agreed. Don't tell. Don't tell Sandlin and Walner. I said that. <laughs> <laughs> beer or whiskey. Uh, beer. My man. Uh, your ideal nil deal company. You'd want to if you could do the nil deal. Dude, I saw Dusty had uh, uh, raising canes. That is awesome. <laughs> wow. I think favorite place. Oh man. Uh, that is mine too. And you know, there's not one clip, there's not one in Savannah or anywhere close. The closest oh. one's Athens, Georgia, which is where University of Georgia is. So I went back, I haven't had it in over a year, man. I'm dying. It's so much better than Zaxby's or anything. What you don't know is Pilo has this hatred of raising canes for some reason. Everybody else loves it. He doesn't. He has this thing. He has this theory. It's that, a conspiracy. That, that, that they, they intentionally don't season the chicken. So they can sell more of the sauce packets. Isn't that right, Pilo? Yes, 100%. But I Eat the love chicken the Stevie is going the other way and just seeing you cringe. I, I'm, not, I'm not telling him he's wrong because I definitely soak it in the sauce. <laughs> See? It's so good with the sauce. Look, I'm all in if I have But they charge you for it. Which but is they really, charge you. See? But if I, had the the deal, if I had the NIL deal, I wouldn't have to pay for that. You know? That's right. Unlimited oh, sauce. It comes full circle. I see. Mm, um, I know you got to play golf. What's the best club? What's, what's your go-to club in your golf bag? Seven iron. Nice. Uh, better feeling. Game-winning touchdown pass or game-winning strikeout? Ooh. Touchdown pass, 100%. 60-yard sprint. Over under seven seconds. Right now, oh, we'll go plan day. Uh, I ran a six six in high school. Wow, me too. Very nice. <laughs> I was a uh, I was a lot more athletic than I probably got credit for being a left handed pitcher. But you know that's all good. Nice. I'm gonna let you finish that last one, Jason. Perfectly placed fastball or a dirty hook. Uh, dirty hook for me. I didn't throw the fastball too hard, so even if I threw it well, somebody probably hit it. But <laughs> spin it a little bit. So awesome. Well, dude, um, I tell you what. Right before you go, is there anything you'd like to just lasting words uh, with with the Golden Eagle faithful out there? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, you guys have obviously been doing this for a long time. Uh, it's it's a pleasure to be on here. It's my first time, so uh, I appreciate great. it for sure. Um, definitely uh, would love to be back anytime. Um, 
but you guys have done an incredible job. I obviously want to thank uh, Golden Eagle Nation for mm-hmm. everything they gave me when I was there, and they continue to give our athletes, our student athletes, um, and you know now being a being a fan and, and taking a step back and being able to see things from a uh, a, a fan's lens is really cool. So being a part of Golden Eagle Nation lives with me. My son wears black and gold to school all the time. We've got Southern Miss things all over the house. And, um, you know, all my best friends in the world are, are right there. We all met in Hattiesburg and had the best four and a half years of our life there. So um, definitely love each and every one of you guys. Appreciate um, everything you guys gave me and, and poured into my life. And I hope that uh, I can represent you guys well. Man, you're one of the best, dude. Love watching you play. Thanks you so much for, for coming on. And um, Southern Miss? To the top. Thank you, guys. All righty, there he goes. Stevie Powers. I mean, goodness <laughs> gracious, man. I've been trying to get him on for, for quite a while. You know the thing that happened? Right. And I guess I would have asked – I wish I would have asked him this, but um, as we sent him the message on Facebook, and, uh, and he just – nothing. Like, you know, for a while. He finally messaged back this past weekend and he was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I gave up social media for Lent. I was like, Oh, <laughs> maybe feel a little better. Now. It wasn't just totally yeah. ghosted, but man, what a good, de- that went, you never know how these things are going to go. Right. Um, and just sometimes you get a guy and like, I would like to, you know, like whenever he wants to come back, you know? Yeah, no, just, I think he should be on a can, lot during baseball season. You can season. just tell like how much he loves Southern Miss and he was appreciative of, of not only that, but like, being on with our dumbasses talking to right. you know. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I was around then, like when he was playing, and I was I was probably shooting athlete. You know, obviously, I was there when Mullins, and I never knew that about him with football though. Um, so until you led with that in the intro, I, I thought that was fascinating. I, I could totally see it. Um, but man, that's well, I'll tell you what, cool. I want to talk about where we sit baseball wise and get into a little softball and, and all of that, but yeah. you just got back from the masters, man. It was awesome. Um, I got to hear about it. Let me crack number two and um, yeah. the floor is yours. Awesome. Yeah, man, it was uh, surreal. I mean, where do you start? Uh, if you're a golf fan, it's something I've wanted to do my whole life, right? I picked up golf at about, I don't know, nine or 10 years old, right? And uh, played religiously um, ever since then and just been addicted to the game and and saw, you know, peak Tiger Woods and, and you know, just fell in love with the game, right? And have watched every Masters since, uh, uh, since 97. I feel like I haven't missed one. Um and always wanted to go right and uh you know won the tickets you know in 19 COVID, all that stuff got to go last year and then we literally made it around amen corner and, and got to see a lot of stuff and it was incredible and, and got to 16's t where they skipped the balls like during the practice rounds you know everybody loves stood behind the tee boom blew the horn you know just and that was it i was like are you kidding me like we made it to the spot i wanted to come to and so i had to get out of there and wait another year um that's worth it i mean two trips for really the price of one uh which i mean i guess i paid both years but still um got to go back this year absolutely stellar weather as perfect as it could get it was 
cloudy for you because moving into the weekend it was like right like four yeah. seasons like mixed in the weekend. <laughs> yeah and that's kind of what we had last year that we had kind of like tornado threats on the way back we had to uh dive in we had to kind of go into a gas station on the way back to macon because there was we were in the polygon and tornado sirens were going off and it was crazy um so but this year it was just it was just perfect i mean got in there at sunrise uh, knocked out the merchandise i'm sure everybody's seen that uh that tweet and stuff that's been going around this week about the merchandise and how well they do there they're making a million dollars an hour uh and usually close the week out north of 70 million dollars in merchandise and i can say that i contributed to that number uh so two years running now uh it's very easy to spend a lot of money in there um and it's not that the things are crazy overpriced right no. it's just you want everything in there um and how many pimento like, cheese sandwiches did you have you know that's the thing i had one and it was <laughs> like it was at 7 30 and uh you're you know you're kind of after that, the first thing we did, we walk in the gate, check the putting green to make sure Tiger or somebody really important is not there, right? And we're like, let's go take care of the merchandise, get it taken care of, right? So we do that. Then take again. it back to the car. Well, no, they we did it early enough where they will check it for you. They oh, give right. you a little yeah, tag. Yeah, yeah. They checked yeah. it. It was incredible. Like everything there. People talk about Disney and how great everything runs there and how well-oiled the machine is, right? The Masters are just it's on another level. Uh, everything there is just so well thought out and uh it was just it was perfect um favorite so anyway of the trip yeah so like we we literally uh let me answer your first question then i'm gonna answer that question mm-hmm. the, the get through the merchandise thing and it's like 7 30 in the morning and we're like food you know we're starving at this point we've been up since 3 30 i'm i'm like ready to eat so like after that merch and just the craziness of like black friday uh times a thousand right and you're just there's not that it's people are violent it's just so many people um trying to get everything and i was like going through the line grab a pimento cheese right and then i'm looking at the thing and it's there's a coffee and there's a beer sitting there right next to each other and it's 7 30 in the morning and so i have to make the decision um <laughs> and i didn't get a coffee let me just say that so i was like we're gonna start this uh trip right so uh yeah it was great um so actually this year they had they added a uh chicken salad so they had the egg salad they had the pimento cheese they added a chicken salad like on a wheat bread and it was hmm. stellar uh i think i had a couple of those and i had one pimento cheese it was very good but um, I mean, favorite moment, I, it's got to be uh, getting so close to Tiger. Like, I mean, literally could have touched him on the shoulder. Um, I knew that he plays nine holes, either the front nine or back nine uh, each day. One day, one on Monday, one on Tuesday. We were there on Tuesday. And we were we were in the gate before the sun came up, right? And he was not on the driving range. And so I'm like, he. I knew that he was doing kind of the interview around 10, because they had announced that he was going to do the media. Um, so I knew that he didn't have a lot of time. So I had really banked on that he was probably going to play in the afternoon. Well, I was wrong. He played early, early that morning. It was already stretched before because he never hit a ball in the range. We never saw him. So he would he got out early with Justin Thomas and uh, Fred Couples. And um, 
but he we got him coming off a nine screen so the pictures that i posted and and stuff Mm -hmm. he was um so i didn't really see him uh play per se but i did get extremely close to him so that was cool and then uh went back down to aiming corner and got a lot of really good pictures i was able to take my big camera in this year and kind of towed it around and and really got some some great stuff of a lot of good players um a lot of scotty scheffler and and those guys and then we kind of got back to 16 again and sat and just watched these guys skip it on 16 and the crowd just goes crazy crazy and the cool part was uh all the guys that are kind of from similar countries you know like all the spain spanish guys like john rom sergio garcia uh ortiz jose mariola thobble they were all together right they caught they were caught on the spanish armada and so all of those guys four of those guys and their four caddies uh, after the guys would hit the tee shot on 16, the, the crowd would just start yelling, skip it, skip it. Mm-hmm. So they would they would act like they weren't going to do it, and they would start booing them, and then they'd walk over there and drop a ball, and the crowd would go crazy, right? So after the player hits the ball, the caddies, they're yelling, caddy, caddy, and they want the caddies to hit a ball, right? And so the the Spanish Armada group, all eight of them hit at the same time. They all got a club, and it oh, was wow. just like – rocket fire but golf balls yeah. were flying everywhere the caddies were hitting it high instead of skipping it so <laughs> uh it was just a lot of fun the same thing with uh kevin na and uh siwoo kim and, and all those guys they they did the same thing with the caddies so it, that was fun and um i don't know that place is just special i mean it's just a cathedral there's not a blade of grass in the wrong spot and uh, getting to experience it with my dad and, and two good two good friends of mine was was awesome and uh you know all i can say is if you want to go put your name in the lottery it took me 10 years but uh you just never know it's uh it's it's a beautiful thing yeah no no doubt and if you stay away from you know falling trees don't get smashed by one of those yeah that Um, that was crazy (laughs) uh and the crazy thing was minutes after you couldn't tell right (laughs) yeah and it was three the people like oh it's just one it was three trees and uh, we hung out right there the whole time. It was right off of 17 Steebox. Oh, and man. we were right there. I was right there for an hour because you could watch them off of 16 and then they would go hit driver off of 17. So it's like, yeah. I'm going to watch these guys hit driver. And it was right there. Um, it was a miracle that nobody got hurt. But Good times, man. Well, I'm glad you're back. So I don't have to talk to myself the entire time, <laughs> even though we had Stevie this time. God, he crushed it. But Yeah, he did. Look, let's get to a little bit of baseball stuff and shut this puppy down. Um, Southern Miss stats has hooked us up yet again. Yeah. Remember follow him at uh USM underscore stats underscore info. Um, a few tidbits from the season so far, baseball, uh, has 32 stolen bases this year at 30 all of last season. Wow. First 25 games of this season, we are hitting 251 as a team. The past five games are hitting 323. So through 30 games, we're hitting 264. So we're only uptick with that. 12 conference games, we are hitting 271. 18 out of conference, 259. Games through one through 25, we had three games with 10 or more runs scored. Games 26 through 30, We've had three games with 10 runs or more scored. Oh, wow. In the doubleheader Saturday, Old Dominion was held without a home run in consecutive games for the first time this season. Prior to Saturday, they had hit a home run in 24 of 29 games that they played. 
They're checking those bats. I know, right? Right. They can't shave uh, them during conference games. Now here is here's here's the best one that he gave us. I thought. Yep. Uh, Tanner Hall has tw- 225 strikeouts for his career right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, notably on the strikeout list are uh, Cliff Russell, who's the color guy for for Bake up there with ESPN, right? Yeah. He's sitting in tenth place at 232. So he's kind of next on the list. Next time out, uh, Tanner could possibly, yeah. you know, do that. So sorry, that's Cliff. something to look forward to. Yeah, sorry about that, Cliff. <laughs> Hell of a run, kid. Um, the next on the list, yeah. Ray Guy at wow. 266, right? Um, Frankie McClendon, I'm not sure about that. Um, then the next on the list, uh, the next two names on the list, Nick Sandlin. He's mm-hmm. in seventh place with 268. Walker Powell in sixth place with 275. So if you stretch it out there, I think he's going to have six more starts in, in the regular season. But let's just say he does that and has two more starts after that, like in the conference or something. Mm-hmm. If he averages 7Ks, he can move into sixth place all time. Wow. You know, hope That's he didn't impressive. just jinx any of that. Um, but yeah, no stat guy, uh, hooked us up with, with those stats and we really appreciate it. Okay. Uh, the baseball. So we're going to fly through these, but we're sitting at 19. The, the important thing is we're sitting there we're sitting at 19 and 11, uh, mm-hmm. seven and five on the season. We played Southeastern last week, midweek, uh, had a little bit of trouble, ended up having some fireworks and won that one 10 to six. Um, wasn't easy, but saw some good things. Wilkes is still on fire. He went three for four. Peyto had a bomb. He went three for four. Black Johnson got a couple hits. He had a homer. Um, and it was interesting because Dusty Dickerson had to sit out. So we're still going through that process with, with the, with the, the fight that happened or the, I call it the fight, the not <laughs> fight that, that happened with, uh, who was that? Georgia Southern. Yeah. Um, so Dusty Dick had to sit out. First time he's ever set out uh, since he stepped on campus. So Creek played shortstop. Um, Faust took advantage of that. He played second base and got two hits on the day. But anyway, uh, we we beat that. We beat Southeastern. It was cool. Um, and then we were headed into Old Dominion. They're sitting at first place in the league. Uh, won the first game four to two. Um, yep. You know, it was the Tanner Hall show. Did you get to watch any of that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, what were your thoughts on Tanner? I mean, I mean, business as usual, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like uh, he decided, you know, conference is starting and it's time to uh, lock down. Not that he was not good earlier, right? It's just he was – he's become this guy that's just like, you know, we only need a couple of runs because uh, he's going to lock them down. It's so. just so fun to watch pitch. Yeah. Like when when, when he's got it going. And, and you know – it's really impressive to watch it like on the feed right because i mean it's great at the pete obviously i love it but Mm. you just get to see so much of that action uh with those with you know watching it on the feed so whenever we're away or uh if if i'm not there or something getting to watch the feed and listen to baker is uh is awesome yeah and there was some weather over in old dominion so we started this game on a friday mm-hmm. uh no a thursday i'm sorry it was easter weekend so yes thursday we started at 3 p.m which was just weird um but then two hours and nine minutes later since you have tanner hall on the mound you get a victory <laughs> so, right so it was nice to start off the right way wilk stayed hot he was two for four with another home run uh danny lynch is starting to hit up we've been wondering where that's been all year 
Um, it was three for four and barely missed going uh, four for four. He had a line drive right down the right field line that there was a home run, but just barely fell. I love when Danny gets going. He starts pulling the ball down the line. Yeah, he said this. This and you can he, just he gets in attack mode. And yeah, when he's there. Yeah, you can you can definitely see it for sure. Yeah. Um, so moving into the the second and third game. Um, so the, 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 he had to play that, he had to play the doubleheader and I watched so much TV that day because the masters was on right. <laughs> center misses playing a doubleheader. Um, uh, we lose game two, eight to seven. It was cold. It was rainy. Um, it was game one of a doubleheader day started nine in the morning. And that's when we, we talked about this earlier with Stevie a little bit uh, about Adams, uh, uh, getting hurt. He came out after an inning in two thirds and it was right in the middle of the inning. He motioned to the dugout. He wanted out. I didn't know what it was. It turns out, I think it's a shoulder possibly from a previous thing. Hope it's just stiffness. I don't know. Um, and so then we had to piece it together. You know, that's when, uh, like Stevie was saying, you got to have that mentality come out of the pen. Like you got to get ready right then. So yeah. Dawson came in, Adams pitched, Allen pitched, Martin pitched. Um, uh, Monastery came in and looked great. Uh, and and I thought a key moment in the game. You, you need your best players to show up uh, in big moments. And it, I mean, Dustin Dickerson is probably our best player on, on the baseball team. And he came up with the bases loaded. We were down eight to four. Hit a hit a missile in the left center gap. Cleared the bases. Uh, made it eight to seven. And I ended up being the final score. But you know, that's just that's some fight. And and you know, that's after winning the first game and. And having to be in the cold and being forever away from the peat and, you know, being early in the morning and you could probably just lay down knowing you've got that second game coming up, right, you know, right. you got to do it. Again. Don't do that. Right. So yeah. uh, it was nice to see that, that fight. I thought. Um, so then 30 minutes later, we got the game three. Nikki ball game. who I'm starting to call him uh, Nick yeah. here after pitching uh, the, the final couple innings of, of game one that morning. Gets to start at second base, look great. Um, the first at bat is the triple, and then like you know, halfway to third base, he uh, he starts stumbling. I don't know if you saw it or not, but no, it's kind of a nice little moment where where he laughed it off. But uh, he he passes by second base, and maybe halfway or, or two thirds of the way to third, just the leg started to give out. So he's just right. stumbling, doing the swim move in the dirt, trying to get to third and gets all the way there and has to reach his hand out all the way just to touch the base with like one finger. And he was laughing about it. So <laughs> it was cool. Um, that was his first time to hit. Um, he, he's, he's, he's a player, man. Um, and I'm a little bit biased because he went to my high school. And I know his dad, but still, man, dude, six, a player of the year in Mississippi had something to, to hang your hat on there and no he can pitch, he can hit, he can run, he can do it all. So moving forward, I, I don't know where we go. I, I, I'd like to think that, that he at least put his name uh, firmly in, in the hat for, for being the, you know, everyday second baseman moving forward. Um, The rest of the day, uh, Oldham started. Um, he looked good. Came out in the seventh inning with the bases loaded and one out. Uh, Sively came in, struggled a little bit. Um, and uh, so Old Dominion goes into that inning down nine to two, comes out of the inning nine to five. Now the rain yep. is really coming down. Um, and, and 
and you know, I, I don't know. It, it was it was where Old, Oldham was in. He was cruising, and then he just kind of lost it a little bit. They started hitting. Man, they can hit, right? Yeah, Oldham, he can hit. Um, final line for Billy was six and a third, seven hits, five runs, four earned. Um, most of that was when he came out of the game with the bases loaded and Cross got hit a little bit. But um, anyway, at the end of the day, we took two or three from Old Dominion. They're first in the league coming into it. So on the road, we've got. We've got most of the road out of the way conference-wise. I got a lot of the Pete left. Um, the Adams situation freaks me out a little bit. Um, with already a, what seems like a thin pitching staff, we're going to see what happens tomorrow night. I understand Middleton's going against Alabama. Yep. Uh, so we'll see what's happening there. Um, but this is a big RPI game as well. Alabama sitting at number 24. And and then this weekend we have James Madison coming to the Pete. They're at 19 and 12, 5 and 5. Uh, they have played absolutely nobody. Their strength of schedule is sitting at number 215. They did win one game versus Coastal. Um, and they do have a midweek versus Radford. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they have one dude that can absolutely smash. His name is Fenwick Trimble, which is pretty cool. That's, baseball that's name. One, yeah, that's a, that's a baseball name or like a banker. Like, who are you going with for your loan? Oh, we're going with Fenwick Trimble, you know? It's just, it just sounds like one of those. It's like he can uh, give but, financial but, advice. But he, yeah, he can. Um, he, he's hitting 369 with nine homers, 15 doubles, and 39 RBI. So That's he can break. Um, Kyle Novak, also kind of a problem. He's hitting 360. Uh, they do have a team ERA of 6.0, and they've given up 36 homers this year. Uh, oh, and Stat Guy chimed in again with some stats on James Madison uh, in conference versus out of conference. Mm-hmm. So check out these numbers. We mentioned their strength of schedule, and they have a pretty good record, but the strength of schedule is awful. And this just plays into that because the batting average out of conference, batting average out of conference is 314, batting average in conference is 248. <laughs> Home right. runs out of conference 20 basically one per game um home runs in conference six so basically 0.6 per game so about half that stolen bases out of conference 44 for 64 right at two per game stolen bases in conference nine for 16 basically one per game wow so you know let's just let's keep keep that in mind um something fun that we're doing right now is we're putting out a poll. I don't know if you thought about a poll for tomorrow. I got to think of one, but yeah, uh, we're, we're doing polls. Last week we, we ran a poll with uh, where on, on Twitter, where will Southern Miss finish the regular season in Sun Belt play? Um, the four answers uh, t- to choose from were first, second, third, or fourth. First place got thirty-one percent of the vote and led the way, so that's awesome. I hope it happens. Second place, twenty-three percent. Third place, twenty-nine percent fourth place 17%. Maybe we should just roll with the same exact poll question again after winning two of three. You know, yeah. And, and see what happens. I don't know. It may change. Um Pilo, if you can, real quick, uh, get us caught up on the uh Sunbelt standings. Yeah. So uh as of right now, um Louisiana and Coastal are leading the conference. They're both at nine and three. Um followed up by ODU sitting at eight and four. You're welcome. Uh, Southern Miss, uh, now at seven and five, App State at six and five, James Madison at five and five, 
Troy at six and six, uh, Texas State six and six, Georgia Southern six and six, and nobody else above five hundred. But South Al is five and seven. Oh, South Al five and seven. That's too bad. That's right. It's just too bad. It happened to a better group. Yeah. Um, as far as the RPI right, well, I guess right now when I, when I did this these stats, this is a living and breathing thing. So if there's many other games, then it it affects the RPI as well. But when I looked it up, our RPI is at 28, strength of schedule 20. Wow. And so it's Alabama tomorrow night, their RPI is 24, strength of schedule 24. And then James Madison coming in this weekend, RPI 147 and 215. So that puts a lot of emphasis on this one midweek game tomorrow night, RPI-wise, right? If you want yeah. to start being in the conversation for getting an at-large bid, you need that RPI to stay super high. Uh, you cannot afford to lose one of the games this weekend. I, I hate to say that. If you win two out of three in conference, I think it's great. But with the RPI, it's still top 150. It could be worse. But um, you got to figure they're going to drop after we win. So you're so. saying they should just cancel games like teams do? Oh. Just to sneak into the dance? Is it late right? enough to do that? Would we ever do that? We wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, we wouldn't do that. No. Um, and I tell you what, softball, look, softball is – we we did finally win a game. We beat Nichols. Uh, softball sitting at sixteen and seventeen, zero and eleven in the conference. It's a it's a it's tough right now for the ladies in conference, but the Sun Belt is really good, and we have nowhere to go but up. We did finally win a game that we beat Nichols eight to one. That was good. Then we lost uh, to Texas State. Um, had some bad weather out there too, but ended up losing the first game four to three. Kept it very close. Game two lost this one four to two. That was a doubleheader day. Um, it was a heartbreaker, and that's actually the only ones that we played. Um, so just that close, man. Uh, 0 and 11 right now, but hopefully that'll that 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 will come, uh, hopefully this weekend. Um, because this week we have no midweek game, got some time to rest up. Then we go to Louisiana Monroe, they're not very good. They are 20 and 21 overall, four and eight in the conference, and they have a midweek game versus Mississippi Valley State. So let's just hope that the girls finally kind of, uh, you know, get it going a little bit and just get off the schneid. You never know what's going to happen. If you win a game, you maybe win a couple games in a series. Winning's contagious, man, and hopefully that can help out. Um, the Sunbelt standings, look, a lot of the teams that we've played are awesome. ULL, 11-1, Marshall, 9-1, Troy, 9-2-1, and and South Al, 8-4, blah, blah, blah. We still don't have a win, but we're coming for you. Get them now, right? And that's co- what Coach Hall used to say. <laughs> you better oh, yeah. get us now. That's Hopefully right. that's what's going on over at the Blade. Um, And, well, you know what? Foodie Talk, but I think we kind of covered Foodie Talk with some pimento cheese and, and all yeah. that jazz going on right there. Uh, we did. I do want to give a shout out to yeah. uh, uh, places. A lot of, if you've been around Hasbury a little while, you probably know uh, just because they had a food truck, uh, Art of Rue. Like had that yellow food truck. They yeah, now they like got a, a uh, now they're in that. Um, yeah, they got a brick and the mortar now. Thing over there, Golden yeah. Eagle Express. Yeah. So right there on 38th, if you go uh, north on 38th, uh, going toward like Strix, you know, from like Crescent City, uh, it'll be on your left if you're going there. So it's in that kind of gas station. I've been twice now. Um, stellar the guy that runs it is awesome um i actually went the other day and 
for the first time and got my food, took a picture, posted it on Hub City Eats. And I literally am like taking my first bite. And the guy walks out of the kitchen and it's like, are you Hub City Eats? I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's me. Uh, he's like, dude, thank you so much for the post. He's like, I've been wondering who that is. Uh, so okay. that was kind of cool. And then I took the whole fam there this weekend and uh, had a debris po' boy or no surf and turf. So it was like roast beef and gravy with fried shrimp on top. And it mm. was awesome. So uh, if you're looking for some place to go, this little different, you, had, you know, something new, uh, great po' boys, great food there. So there is a, there's, we're trying a couple of different things right now with the show, just getting a little bit more engagement. And people tweeted us so much that I was finally like, you know what? We should like include that in a tweet of the week segment. So right this week, I just, you know, I didn't go over this with you, but I just, it was good. <laughs> I thought we, that we should do it. Yeah. Um, I'm in. So, yeah, I mean, so in the tweet to get uh, mentioned for tweet of the week or to qualify for us to read it, it doesn't have to be something that we're tagged in. I don't guess, but it doesn't hurt your chances if you do tag us. But this week, uh, we're going to give a tweet of the week to at Eagles underscore attack. Um, he wins this week with the following tweet that he had on April the 9th. And I'll just read it out. He says, I'm happy. He was talking about the Old Dominion series. He said, I'm happy with the three series wins, but it kind of sucks that we are four runs from three straight sweeps. In our five Sunbelt Conference losses, we have lost by a combined eight runs. That's an average of losing by 1.6. So close, but yet so far away from straight conference dominance with an extremely tough stretch to start the Sunbelt Conference. And he's absolutely spot on. You know, yep. um, we got a little spoiled the last few years. We're so good. We're so good pitching wise, just ultra elite. And we're still great. When we're doing all when, when I'm doing this, this, this stat stuff and, and prepping for the shows, the, the team ERA is coming in. Like as much as we've talked about how bad our, our hitting is and our pitching is all year, we're still like better than most people. <laughs> like, right. Know, and like our strength of will, schedule will, is will, will so be much... coming in. Uh, there'll be a team ERA of like six. And our team ERA is like four three, so right. you know. Anyway, um, and, and the other thing that we're doing right now is is this call in segment. Basically, just you guys getting a, a voicemail, recording a message, a rant, happy birthday, whatever you want. And I'm just gonna I, look. You guys are slacking out there. We put this out. We've yeah. kind of been asked to do it a few times, and I'm gonna do nothing so far. So you know, get off your ass. I know you want to say it. You call me on the phone. Don't call me on the phone. Just go ahead and just do the voice note. Then you get a, you get to hear your voice uh, on on the podcast. Yeah, I actually so. had somebody ask me about that. They're like, "Are y'all going to screen them before you put them in?" I'm like, "Absolutely. <laughs> We're not just going to stick it in there randomly. For, we're going to hear it for the first time." Uh, yeah. But you know, I, we're yeah. I want to hear. We want to hear from you guys. 100. percent We know you probably have opinions on like, hey, Pilo, uh, Keynes really does. Uh, is awesome you suck so i don't care tell me uh yeah we'll stay hey, wife <laughs> happy anniversary um hey guys you suck or hey guys you're doing great anything or I if you want to hate on south owl like we do then just you know give us a rant on south that would owl. be great that would be wonderful would be yeah uh to the top talk tour is coming up uh, april 21st 21st and 22nd the field is set we actually have a waiting list now too bad you know we gave it out a million times in a row yeah we only told y'all a hundred times we've got we've got the we got the field set um southern miss related news football ticket season tickets are on sale buy those 
Eagle Club renewals are out. I've still got to do that. Uh, if you guys work for a company, make sure like a bigger company, I guess, make sure that, that, that you check and see if they do some sort of company match. Yep. I'll give that piece of info because that my company does it and they do a two to one match. So let's just say I go in and I give them 500 bucks. Well, they do a, they do a, a two to one match. So they give a thousand dollars. Right. So now I'm like $1,500 guy. Um, so just check it out before you might as well, you know, uh, the, the, the company's got to spend this money somewhere. Might as well be going to set or miss. Um, and that's just about it, man. Uh, don't forget everybody to go by the fourth street bar and grill. They're awesome. Always the place to be pre and post game for every USM sporting event. Have all the games on. If you can't make it to the game, $9.95 plate lunches Monday through Friday. Um, that could be one of the things that you call a show about. You know what went by there? Had the catfish, kicked ass. Thank you so much. That'd be great. Um, tag us on social when you go by and just let us know that you went there and we'll give you a shout out. Speaking of shout outs, Pilo, what you got? Yeah, uh, I got to give one to Stevie. I mean, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, you will definitely be back. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know our, Man, he was uh, so good. our, uh, our listeners will really enjoy that. I think we get the most compliments on, uh, Hey, I love the guests. Uh, cause you didn't talk that much. Uh, awesome. Yeah. More of them and less of us. Is exactly. Really um, so yeah, appreciate, appreciate that. I know, uh, I know we've been wanting to get you on and, and glad you make the time, uh, even with a, a young, young kiddo, I know it's late and, uh, Monday's a long day for us, but appreciate that. Uh, also give a, get a, give a shout out for, uh, Matt Rockwell, uh, a for all he's done to help with the, to the top talk tour and, uh, for joining us on joining me, uh, on the trip to the masters. So, uh, he, he made the trek, uh, he probably he saw Dallas. Yeah. So he was in Fort Worth, uh, at the Taylor Swift concert, uh, with his daughter and his wife. And got up the next morning at 4 a.m. and drove 900 miles in one day to meet us in Macon, Georgia, outside of Atlanta. Got there about 8.30, almost 9 o'clock. And uh, we went to bed and got up at 3.30 the next morning to go to the Masters all day. So, uh, and then drove back, you know, back to Jackson. So, yeah. Uh, what a trooper, uh, but man, he enjoyed it. I know we had a great time and uh, appreciate him and uh, 900 miles, man. I don't know how my wife would have taken that. Like I'm, we're in Dallas and we're getting ready and the daughter's there and we're doing all the stuff and mm -hmm. having family time and you get a call, you get off the phone. She's like, who was it? They're like, it was Pilo. <laughs> what did he say? All right, here's the deal. Hear me out. <laughs> so we're still going to the concert. <laughs> But after that, uh, I'm going to the Masters, like 900 miles away from here, and I got to do it immediately. <laughs> I don't know right. how Katie would have. You don't. Yeah, you. We're, you're going to the Taylor Taylor Swift concert. They were done at like 11 because Taylor Swift sings sings like 40 songs in her concert. <laughs> so they they got home like at midnight. I think he said he went to sleep at like midnight, and then they were up at. He made he woke them up at four o'clock to get on the road so he could make it. So. Maybe shout out to uh, Rock. Yeah, Life. shout out to Kimberly. <laughs> Kimberly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I awesome. know they had a great time. Two of the hardest uh, events to get a ticket to, and he went in the same weekend, which is kind of wild. Good deal. 
Uh, I want to give a shout out to Steve Farmer. Uh, came to the game Tuesday and he brought a southeastern Louisiana fan with him. Uh, the oh, southeastern cool. guy's name was uh, Peter Newman. He was great. Loved it out in the roost. Um, uh, Steve lives down there in the North Shore. We've talked about North him before. Shore. Yeah, he 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 makes a lot of sporting events and and it really does a great job of spreading the word about Southern Miss down that way. Uh, they had an alumni event at uh, the restaurant called Clessy's, I guess. And he put some pics up on social. It looked like it was a great Golden Eagle turnout. Uh, those things are not easy to put together. It's getting people involved and getting out and, and mm-hmm. doing the whole thing. So he does it a lot. Uh, he's one of the most enthusiastic guys that I've ever been around, Southern Miss wise. And so anyway, a big shout out to Steve. Uh, shout out to Born Brothers Printing for making our whole sponsor signs and for being a whole sponsor themselves. If you have any printing needs, go see our boys at Born Brothers. And shout out to Melissa Arrington. I can call her the beautiful Melissa because number one, she's beautiful. And number two, Jamie always used to call her that. So I feel like I latched on a little bit. Um, (laughs) She had a birthday this week. Uh, Very happy birthday to the beautiful Melissa. And man, if you don't have anything else, I'm going to close her down. Let's do it. Uh, Thanks everybody for listening in today. Whatever day you might've listened in and whichever platform you chose to listen in on. Remember, you can follow me at Bumper J Bailey and Patrick at P Lowry. Follow us on all social at To The Top Talk. And don't forget about the mailbag, to the top talk at gmail.com. Stop slacking. Hope you guys enjoyed us. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Tell somebody to the top today. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away when it comes to playing football. Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done the fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs Florida State or Tennessee but I chose Southern Mississippi and right here at home is where I'll always be I could play for Alabama USC Our Notre Dame You have lots Of things to offer But Southern Mississippi Puts you all to shame I could play For North Carolina Ohio State Or LSU You play a good Game of football 
But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you When the football season is over and done All your teams with famous names will see we're number one Ask Mississippi State Ask Mississippi State Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire Something to show, something to list, something to sell Call today at 601-408-9980 